was a grueling pace. It was like the Oregon Trail, and you just put it on the fastest mode the whole way, and then wheels fall. <laughs> yeah. You forge the river and die. <laughs> you Oregon Trail. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> your wagon wheels are all busted, and you got dysentery. Welcome to Tap That AZ, the show that helps you find the best places in Arizona to get a craft beverage and meet the awesome people behind these places. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Dave and Jason from the Shop Beer Company in Tempe that was actually just named the best new brewery in Arizona by RateBeer.com. Grab a drink and let's tap into the Shop Beer Company. All right, so I'm here with the dudes from the Shop Beer Company. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is pretty awesome. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves, name, what do you guys do here? Uh, My name is Jason and I do whatever. Whatever needs to be done. Right. It's uh, Jason Calhoun, oh, actually. Yeah, so now you gave away my name. Right. Um, people are going to Google me now. The veil has been lifted. Yeah. Right. Um, I do all the cold brew brewing, um, and then I uh, assist Matterhead Brewer on brew days, kegging days, all those fun cleaning days, Okay. and uh, all, the, all the other stuff that goes on around here. You're also chief beard producer? Beard. Oh, beard, yes. You guys are just jealous you can't grow them. But right. <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> so I am the non-bearded David Arns. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm one of the owners here and um, uh, sort of chief of paperwork. The chief of paperwork. Oh, and a handsome man. fellow. Don't forget that. Handsome fellow, yeah. <laughs> it is rare that you don't have the beard, though. That's, uh, is it lack a, of... We're going to start off with a sore subject today, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> he tr- he's working on it. I know, when they start making Rogaine for beards... Then I'm in. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. This is like a week's growth for me too, so I'm not. I'm not quite there yet either. Yeah, I've always. I've had a bit of a baby face. That's all right. So that's all right, man. So this place is. I love this place. So it's my cross to bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just this facility. I, I love it. So um, it's it, two buildings. You've got. You have the tasting room um, in the front, and then you guys got a really cool patio. But then there's this big building in the back. So uh, tell me about like just the place well <clears throat> this one is kind of a diamond in the rough scenario because you know when we'd started we were just um a half barrel system in the back of a coffee shop and sort of grew as space would allow um and so when we were about three about three years in to to doing this kind of beer experiment and um had the opportunity to say like, let's go look for a real place like let's look for something that we can have for a while right and um so like you do, you go out and you kind of have these high hopes of, you dream up the biggest system you think you can afford and you're trying to shop the catalogs and whatever else. And, um, you know, inevitably you find out there's just not that many opportunities. Uh, you just, you can't have everything, right? right. You're like, okay, well, where do I start cutting back on my dream yeah. so that I can get it done? You know, I mean, you can't, yeah. the perfect building in the perfect location that fits the gear that you want and can afford. I mean, all those things have to converge. Um, and it's it's a miracle anybody gets accomplished because it's just, there's just so many unknowns. But so we started shopping around in Tempe. We knew we wanted to stay in Tempe as, as probably as, about as close to the original location as we could, just cause that's always been home. Right. And it was cartel, right? Cartel coffee. Um, was your, yeah. yeah. So it started as cartel coffee and then we, um, created a little, little sub company cartel brewery and, and, um, through cartel, 
which I was one of the owners at that of that company as well. Okay. Um, at that time, we had done a lot of different projects, and we had opened a bakery and a commissary and oh, wow. a series of you know sh shops, and you know you have various successes and failures, and one of the um, you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that in a good way. So <clears throat> we um, uh, kind of as a team originally had this idea to do the brewery, um, but then it was really magnetic for a certain group of folks right away. Okay. So what Matt, do you mean by that? Like to well, you know, when you, you know, when you sit around with your buddies and you have an idea and you're like, Hey, let's see if we can open a cotton candy machine, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't yeah. know you dream of at night, but right. I dream of cotton, I, I'll cotton candy. Who sure, get the uh, <laughs> but you sit around and say, Hey, let's, let's try something, you know? And, yeah. um, it's easy to get excited at the beginning. It's easy to sit around and have a, a, a fresh idea and say, dude, that sounds rad. Especially when you've got ADD, like all of us do. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, let's let's try something, you know. Let's try something different. Let's, let, you know. Um, and then it, you get this spectrum of people that <clears throat> some people are really excited for a short period of time, mm -hmm. and some can stick with it for a little while. You know, six months. Hey, this is kind of getting old. When is this going to become glamorous? Right. And then some people are just that die hard there every day. I'm never giving this up. This is now part of the fabric of what I am and who right. I'm doing. And it becomes part of your story. Nice. And so that, uh, played out for us. And, um, and I'd say within the first, within the first six months, it was pretty obvious who was wanting this to be a career, like a lifetime, uh, thing. And then, <clears throat> and then how it was just fun versus how it was like life changing. Yeah. So then, that that team of guys that were were there for that inception are we're, that's still our team. Nice. And okay. so we're in terms of I, the brain space. We're five years old this month. Okay. And uh, we'll celebrate our fourth official open birth because it took us a year to get open. Okay. So we're four years old this month. The hmm. this the shop your company. Uh, our our or, company. This yeah. location's only been open for five. Four, four. Five. You're going into our fifth month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this one's still new. New yeah. car smell. But, um, so, uh, so yeah, so we've, we've happy birthday to us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so we were looking for this location, right? It's so five we were, months and three days actually. Yeah. So we were looking, uh, we were, he got my fact checker over here. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him count on his hand. <laughs> I was like, I got, luckily it wasn't too high. I didn't have to take my shoes off to get that high. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we've, we found this building and, um, we loved that it was this diamond in the rough. I mean, it was like the ugliest thing on the block. Um, it was, it was just in really rough shape. It had been used for a use that was really anti what we were like. People had been kind of granite countertops in the thing, which is okay. kind of messy business. And yeah. There weren't, there weren't any analogous uses between that business and what we're doing, meaning utilities all need to be upgraded. The building is just, I mean, no customers would ever visit this place, so it was just kind of like a utilitarian warehouse kind of uh, junk place. Right. And um, so when we kind of dove in to, um, to to put our arms around it and say, hey, we're going to turn this into a sterile, you know, food safe, right. <laughs> you know, home, like that was just such an overwhelming task. And um, But the thing that made it really fun was um, it was inherently custom because of the odd nature of the two buildings and because of the odd configuration of things, it was sort of implicit. The, the, the character was just inherent in the project. Okay. And so that's something that we'd always looked for from the beginning. Cause we, we could have, we could have spent less time and money and opened ourselves in just a vanilla and use my quote fingers here on right, radio, right. which is poor manners, but <laughs> yeah. sort of a vanilla 
uh, strip mall kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like in an industrial park. Yeah. There are many. There are many buildings like that around, and um, they they might meet your needs in terms of like utilities and ceiling height and square footage, but they just didn't. It was not the kind of place we wanted to put down our roots and yeah. say, hey, this is this is home base. Yeah, they lacked yeah. the character part. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so when we started getting into the project, you know, we did like all of the work. We would bring in friends that were licensed and knowledgeable. Right. They would provide the, the, the brain space and tell us what to do and how to do it and make sure things were done correctly. But then really it was Jason and I and, and uh, other member of our squadron, Dylan Miguel. Yeah. He was like the three of us kind of came in and just did all the grunt work. So yeah. carry heavy stuff from the truck to the site. Yeah. <laughs> We'd finish up a work day at the other side at like five o'clock and come over here to work work till at one or two in the morning by like spot like spotlights floodlights. Wow! <laughs> and yeah, then do it all got... over again the next day. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird thing because we were, we were running the other place and that was growing. Yeah. So yeah, we we would get in early to work a full day there, see accounts, be in the market, like, I mean everything. Right. We would converge at the uh, at the new location at about three in the afternoon. The 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 morning contractor crew like the, the skeleton crew that was still doing stuff, they would right. be leaving. Okay. So we'd get like a briefing on what was going on and then we would work until midnight. Wow. Okay. And we did that like six days a week for like six or seven months. Wow. That's Saturdays dedication. and Sundays. I'm yeah. You got to be into it. You got to be bought into it to, to do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it was part of the fun though too. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a grueling pace. It was like the Oregon Trail and you just put it on the fastest mode the whole way and then the wheels fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You forged the river and died. <laughs> you forged the trail. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> your wagon wheels are all busted and you got dysentery. Right. Um, but uh, yes, we kind of got on this grueling pace that I think it took everything we had out of us. But that's also, I think, part of why we dig it so much is because it was it was an obsession. Yeah. You know I mean. Mm. Um, but then everyone supported it too. It's like we had friends work days where it's like we'd put it out, you know, on Facebook with all of our buddies and, and Matt Johnson, our head brewer, has got a terrific group of friends that they've all stayed tight since like grade school. Okay. And he puts it out to his buddies and we have 25 people show up here on a Saturday and it's like they work for pizza yeah. and beer and we throw yeah. a keg out. <laughs> yeah. Put a keg oh, yeah, out on the patio. That's, that's a key part. Yeah. It's amazing how much work you get done when you got that many friends that are not just there, but they there because they care and they, right. it's just this terrific association of friends and, uh, uh, that's, you just do it one day at a time. Yeah. <clears throat> so all in all, it took us 14 months from getting the keys to, um, opening it up on, on opening day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely obsession. Yeah. That, but it shows though, because that, that's. I, there's just something I don't know. When you pull into this place, it's 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 a neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, because you you're in a you're in a neighborhood, and it and with it being an old house, and, and we'll get to that in a second, but it it just feels like you're going to your buddy's house who happened to set up his house into a really awesome brewery. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, we I mean we, we kind of had hoped for that because I think selfishly when we were designing the look and layout we. We, we had the, the benefit of having done this before. Okay, yeah. I mean, look, with Jason's experience, um, I mean, all of us kind of came, morphed into this from coffee. Yeah. And setting up places where we wanted people to hang out. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cafe scene for specialty coffee is like, it's, it's supposed to be slow it down, enjoy your cup, right? Right. Not, you know, understand what's going into it so that you can enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. Um 
it's supposed to be a space where you can celebrate people's talents. You can, right? I mean, yeah. it's the new era of like get to know your barista across the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so having had that experience, all of us were pretty evenly yoked in that. Yeah. And so when we got here, we're like, man, we want to we want to create the spot where we can enjoy what we make. You know, these beers that we love and toil over. We want to create the space where we can sit down and enjoy them the way we would want to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. You know, so <clears throat> you know we're we're really big on trying to get to know your neighbor, mm -hmm. uh, which to us is more important than loud sports on the television. You know, like yeah. the, the things that cause you to just zone out, we've tried to kind of minimize things so people kind of have to interact. Yeah. Um, and our trick is working. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> That's why a majority of the seats are all communal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Force people to sit with one another and yeah. talk and get to know people, especially in the neighborhood. That's a good point, too, because your pat I love the patio. Like, mm -hmm. I love the artwork out there. I don't know who did the artwork. This out guy there. right here. You did that? Yeah. The all the like graffiti, mm -hmm. dude. That's awesome. That's I, I love that. That's probably besides the beer itself. I that's probably my favorite part. The, the patio <laughs> and the artwork that goes along with it. Yeah. No, that's um, yeah, that's my uh, alter ego. When I'm when I'm not here doing this, um, uh, doodling or drawing or yeah. I love large format walls and, and had the unique pleasure of getting to travel internationally to paint and wow, nice. Um, done quite a bit of work with nonprofits and charities and humanitarian groups. So uh, to go to do a big wall and you can get something 80 feet wide and 20 feet tall and you can put color all over it. Um, yeah, short of running this place, that's my favorite thing in this world to do. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But well, the, the, um, the house itself has, has a story too, right? Uh, yeah, the, and the growing. Room, I guess <laughs> yeah. <The> what? <laughs> um, well, let's see. Go so, for it. Well, let's see. That. So the house, um, which is now the tap room, um, original Tempe sort of like legend property, right? So mm -hmm. this thing, when it was built uh, 1952, which for Phoenix is totally ancient right. in terms of, <laughs> yeah. in terms of records. Like, right. yeah. you know what I mean? You got to go back and look at microfish film to figure <laughs> yeah. out. It's not that long ago, but yeah. yeah. You know, um, anyway. So for Tempe, it's super old. Um the property used to go all the way to what's now Tempe Town Lake, but that time was just an active, you know, salt river, basically. Okay, yeah. But a flowing river and, and a real ranch property. Um, it was built by uh, Harry Mitchell and his father, um, who today in 2017 is a congressman for Arizona, and, and his son Mark Mitchell is the current mayor of Tempe. Oh, wow. And so... Uh, it's funny that yeah, the house was the home of two Tempe mayors, their father and son. Right. And um, and so uh, Harry's actually, he was here for the opening ceremony and cut cut the ribbon for us on uh, oh, on really? opening night. Nice. And it was a total honor to have and him. He flies in, and, in all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's a Tempe, you know, he's a Tempe guy. Like and yeah. and um, just has an incredible legacy uh, in this town. And um, so he's brought by his old photo albums and, and shown us the pictures of, you know, that proud moment on the front steps when, you know, and he's got yeah. his first Easter yeah. with his family in the home. And, and, um, and you can see in the periphery of the photographs, like you can see we've, we've cause we've made, we went painstakingly to, to, to maintain the original aesthetic of the house. Okay. Um, though we had to improve it to current code and everything. Sure. Um, it was painstaking to maintain yeah. the overall impression of the property. To balance those two things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so when we see that old picture from, I think, 1955, I think it was the oldest one we could find, um, he's got, we've got the picture side by side, 
and you can just see all the way across Phoenix. I mean, across where downtown is now, and it's oh, just really? flat as a pancake. Wow. And so now you look at that horizon, and you can't even see there because you've got all these high-rise buildings. And it's yeah. just such yeah. a cool snapshot of time to be like part of a continued story <clears> you know, <throat> on, a, on, a, on a property that's had so much impact. Right. Um, so that part's kind of a thrill to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and for Phoenix, totally unique. For a master-planned area, I mean, I grew up here, and um, there was that master-planned psychosis that happened when I was a kid where it's like every school I went to was brand new the year I went to it when I was growing up. Okay. Not just for no other reason than the city was expanding and, and everything's brand new. There's a new shopping center on every other mile. There's a new, you know, pharmacy and a new everything right. and everything looks the same. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of grow up when you, when you grow up here, there's that thing of like, there is no history. There's no like, connection to the past right um yeah. simply because of the time period with which i grew up here so yeah to have a little bit of a an anchor point in history is a total thrill yeah cool. yeah. yeah i mean there's entire sections of the valley that are like 2007 right i mean yeah. <laughs> that's where i live if it yeah. is old yeah. they're tearing it down and rebuilding yeah right? it was a farm in 2010 or whatever it was and it's like that's just so amazing to me that such a such a big and beautiful place like Phoenix mm -hmm. uh, it's just such a it's such an infant you know in yeah. terms of just the timeline so yeah and it's still expanding too I mean I live at like the 17 and like the 10 like the okay. Norterra yeah. area and everything's brand new up there you know and it's it's just I talked to people who was there like five ten years ago none of that stuff was up there yeah you know so it's it, it is cool that you guys have that piece of piece of history here um, and the brewery itself, like the, the building is, it's awesome. You guys, you were telling me that you basically stripped it down to nothing and did this all yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gutted the whole thing, cleaned it Remember with the power spray. Remember power spray the ceilings? The whole building? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a, with a forklift? Yeah, that was pretty uh, nasty. Like you had to lift it up and you had to be on the... Yeah, so, because it was a granite company before the, uh, all the trusses and the walls were just caked in that powdery stuff and obviously we didn't want that in this environment so we spent what a, a whole weekend saturday and sunday uh with the building completely emptied it had fresh concrete at that point we had poured the fresh concrete but uh and we had the floor drains in so that made it a little easier yeah um so we just basically power sprayed for 10 hours each day the, the complete walls ceiling everything and it was pretty nice. I mean, we came out of there looking, we were like white, covered in white, like that dust. You need like those Breaking Bad suits, you know, or like the plastic <laughs> and the respirators. But yeah. we didn't have them, so we just went this, for it. Right. Like this muddy white oh. pumice stone powder was oh, the remnants yeah. of the granite, the granite stuff. Yeah. And we're taking turns, like driving this forklift so we can get close enough, holding a power washer with some guys wheeling it on the ground, just trying to scrub. Because the more we sprayed, the more we went looking for dust, the more yeah. we realized... This whole building is dust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might blow the whole building away. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Um, but then yeah, we got it super clean and painted the walls fresh. And, I mean, you saw what it looks like now. Um, so it's kind of interesting to think back because I forgot about that. There's a lot of things we forget about until you sit around and start talking about them. It's the beer that makes yeah. us forget. That's right. Yeah. Good segue, though. So the beer. like I have, So I, my favorite is the Desert Pale Ale. Um, the one I just had was the Fightum. That's a double IPA, right? Yep. So what's the what's the deal with the it's F Y I T M? It's an acronym. <clears throat> dots in the middle. What is the is there a story behind that? There is. Uh, do you want the uh, edited version or no, what's nah. the rating on the show? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a red E. On <laughs> okay. The, yeah. So you can, so you can if, say what you if want. we're at like festivals or at a restaurant doing a tasting uh, and you know 
somebody asked, it's five years in the making. Okay. But uh, well, there's a backstory. You gotta tell. There the is story. okay. So the backstory <laughs> is, you know, the brewery. Will you tell the backstory? <laughs> well, Go for it. Jason doesn't seem comfortable with this backstory. I'm comfortable with the other version. So the other version, before he goes into the story, Go ahead. Go on. the uh, the actual meaning is "fuck you in the mouth," um, <laughs> because it's ten percent. Um, but the thing I love telling people when I when I talk about this beer is, although it's ten percent, it doesn't drink like a ten percent. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't know it was ten percent, you'd think it was about six and a half, maybe yeah. seven. Yep. Um, it's an easy drinker, but it's that one that sneaks up on you and it'll get you. Yeah, well, I saw it on the on the board out there. It said, I think it said double IPA. There's another descriptor, and, and then it said sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's our favorite descriptor of that bur- <laughs> yeah. beer because it's like every time you sit down and have one, you're like, oh, dang it. Mm-hmm. It snuck up on me. It's so <laughs> delicious, and then you're three in. You're like, oh, man, then oh, you're three no. in. <laughs> Where's my Uber? It does it to us still, and we brew it all the time. We're like, we always forget. We're like, dang it. Uh, we gotta go before we get thrown <laughs> well, out. I gotta go home. You yeah. know what, what I love most about that that name and that beer is that <clears throat> that was something that was really born out of just a group of friends having fun together. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, it was like that beer humor where there was really no pretense or no real thought other than just enjoying being together and laughing and saying like, okay, let's come up with this thing. What do we want to do? What do we, you know, and and one of our buddies just goes, what does it taste like? And he go and he's just jokingly, you know, like after a few pints, he's like, yeah. "Well, it tastes like fuck you in the mouth. That's what it tastes like." <laughs> he yeah. goes, "I don't know why are we getting so complicated about this. Just call it that." Yeah. <laughs> and we started laughing so hard that that we just sort of kept telling we just kept telling that joke. Yeah. We, to ourselves and and you know people would come in and like like friends from the neighborhood would come in and check out what we're doing and we would, you know, we would just start to giggling about it with them, you know. Yeah. And then so once we really started thinking about it, um. Uh, another one of our wiser, uh, more sensible friends. Um, says, <laughs> like that's cool. Good story. Says, but, yeah. Yeah. Much wiser. Um, it says, you know, this should be five years in the making with the same acronym. And because we did coincidentally release it on the fifth anniversary of the original business. Oh, okay. Nice. And as an anniversary, as an anniversary sort of celebration. Yeah. But we didn't want it to be like an, a one, once a year beer. You know, we wanted right. to do it all the time. And so um, we kind of officially stuck with that for quite a while. Yeah. The, the five years in the making, and uh, uh, it's much more sensible. Yeah, but it's much less fun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna and then fight them too. Like that's cool that you you made it into that. So yeah, so yeah. We, we've just sort of rocked with that, and and at first we kind of like it was just this laugh, and we weren't really taking it very seriously, and then it kind of just stuck, and so now here we are with it five years later, and um, we we're like, well, why fight it? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> give the people what they want. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So we just went with it, but no, it's it's fantastic. I, I I really like that. And you're right; it it's smooth. It doesn't, it, but yeah. but it's sneaky. So when I first had a drink of it, I was here, and I, I don't know. I get nervous about the. I just get nervous about a lot of things. I'm a nervous person, you know, in general. <laughs> but like, I I need to just take a drink. That was the perfect one because I drank half of that, and I was like, okay, yeah, everything feeling good now. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he looks calm and ready. Smooth sailing. I know. I hope you guys don't mind me falling asleep up. There. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be the first. But that's why we have this couch yeah. this is uh so um not so the one i'm just tasting now is the coffee brown which is interesting because jason you have a, a, a you're the coffee guru right uh, yeah i guess you and, could and, say and that. A coffee guy right a resident <laughs> coffee yeah guru. yeah so this is fantastic and i'm usually awesome. not a big fan of the of the nitro but <clears throat> yeah um 
man, it works. It works pretty well. Yeah, it's nice and smooth. Yeah. So do you guys? So so that's your origins were. Uh, in the coffee industry so is that still kind of hold true now does it are there connections with what you guys did there and do you think maybe things allows you guys to do things in a unique way here uh i think so yeah so um like i've been doing coffee since i kind of got into the coffee industry in 07 kind of when that whole specialty coffee scene was somewhat starting it wasn't in arizona for sure it was like you know you got Stumptown out of Portland starting up and Intelligentsia and some of these other ones, PTs in Kansas starting up. And it really hadn't hit out here. The only thing you had out here was like Starbucks and your mom and pops. But I had heard about it and kind of researched it and dove into it. Um, And so I've been doing coffee since then. That's how I met these knuckleheads. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean that with like 100% love. Um, And that's kind of how our relationship started um, through cartel um so i was working with cartel at the time uh when i met these guys but uh i mean they've obviously brewed the coffee brown for a little while um because of the affiliation you know with cartel and being able to have the coffee there but when we transitioned to this place um we still wanted to do that beer because it's a delicious beer and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't stop so we're just kind of sourcing some different beans now and uh very same, very similar to what we did before, but with a, just a different roaster. Okay. Um, and so it's well, the cool thing about the coffee brown is it's never always the same. Okay. And what changes is the coffee that's in it. So we try to to go with the fresh crop for the year, and then it just so happens that it so far it's worked out that it's the same uh, coffee we use for our cold brew program here. Okay. Um, so there's a little bit of similarities there, and um, it's kind of cool where the coffee brown base recipe is always the same, but then um, the origin of the bean and, and the process changes um, based on you know what's available and and how we produce it and and uh, merge it into that tasty beer. Um, I mean, I, I, I love it. It's, yeah. uh, it's delicious. And um, so I don't know. We, we That was kind of the thing when we were sitting around... Uh, building this thing out for hours and months yeah. is we started this other thing because you know dave like dave said before he was one of the owners in cartel and <clears throat> that's how we met you know my passion his passion for coffee um we didn't want to stop that and we didn't and it makes it so much easier for, to do the, produce this beer when we have the resources of doing the cold brew and okay. having the coffee on hand all the time so uh we brew um uh, cold brew every week. Okay. Uh, we have clients out there for that too. So just straight cold brew, mm-hmm. just hundred percent cold yeah. brew, nothing yeah. added to it. Um, which That's sidekick is that sidekick sidekick cold okay. brew. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the beautiful thing about it is we have all this equipment and it's very similar. Um, and it was kind of a no brainer for us not to tap into that market that we had a background in already. Mm-hmm. And we have a ton of beautiful equipment that's nice and easy to cross over into. So, uh, it just made sense, and yeah. so that was what that was born, and and is what has helped uh, make Coffee Brown what it is today. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I mean, everybody else may have their own story about it, but um, the beer's never not been good. But I think it's probably the best Coffee Brown it's been. Uh, just you know, with the equipment we have and now, and just the the passion behind it. 
Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I love it. Like you, I could drink this in the morning and not even like care that there's yeah. beer in it. <laughs> I don't ever care that there was yeah. beer in anything. You know? The guy but. was telling me the other night he uh, he had two or three of those and he texted me. Uh, it's like a mutual friend in the industry. He's a chef and he texts me and he's like, man, I was up till three in the morning. He's like, but the good news is I didn't have a hangover because the coffee kicked in. And, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, but I was up till three in the morning because I had three pints of it. Yeah. I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. It's like, it's like killing the issue before the issue even happens. Yeah. It's genius. That is actually right? genius. Yeah. That's the morning uh, beer. Right. Great neutralizer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, one thing, um, uh, so I moved out here in 2008 and, um, I, I feel like, like, the craft beer scene out, out here has, has exploded since then, right? So I, I go up to Flagstaff a lot. My in-laws live up there. So I think in what was like 2011, there was like two or three breweries mm-hmm. up there. Now there's what, like mm-hmm. seven, maybe six, seven, yeah. eight? I think the numbers just came out this, what, last couple weeks ago Yeah. for the end of the year. Yeah. I think there's 92 license 92. holders now. Wow. Now that includes uh, like restaurants and okay. anyone who produces. Right. But it's still, they all count. Right. I mean... I think in that same time period, you're probably talking about 15 or so license holders. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Right. I mean, um, it's, it's just amazing growth. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a two, I mean, there's a couple of things working in step with that. Um, just craft beer in general has progressed um, because of terrific, like, beer science. Mm-hmm. I mean, availability and variety of hops, um, that market's booming. Okay. Um, the um, rules and regs for Arizona that uh, the Arizona Beer Bill did, I think that's been in effect now for a year. Um, I think that went into effect last July. Okay. Um, the efforts that sort of originally pioneered by Four Peaks, um, but then the whole state got sort of behind the issue, which was career mapping for the beer industry. There were some pretty restrictive rules and regs for um, being a manufacturer. It was basically like illegal to be successful beyond a certain point. Oh, really? Okay. And so it was kind of scary to start a business and be like, the law is not on your side. If, mm-hmm. you, you know, if, you're, if you're successful up to a certain point, they're going to stop you. And so even though that point is way out in the distance and it's kind of a big number, yeah. uh, most people would be p- deterred from even beginning. Right. And so um, a lot of good people fought and, and uh, um got together on both sides of the table mm-hmm. to kind of career map out the whole thing and say, what's the real issue? How do we, how do we navigate through it? And then, you know, what's good for jobs in Arizona? What, you know, like what's good for the industry? Yep. And it's kind of amazing, really the pent up demand, uh, for our population, right. but also geographically we're a terrific shipping hub. Um, I have a feeling that, um, Arizona's not even scratched the surface mm-hmm. on what it can do for this market okay. um, as compared to Denver or Southern California, which are I think socially and professionally very similar okay. areas um, beyond, beyond the beer industry. You're saying yeah, just, yeah. just in, just in culture types okay. of businesses, types of things that influence like what goes on in population. Yeah. Um, I think Colorado is up in the, the mid three hundreds in terms of license holders okay. with a population one fourth the size. Oh wow. Okay. So for, for us in the industry, we look at, you know, our friends and our family and our, yeah. and our town, you know, like who's going to support us. But then really when you compare our area to other areas, you're like, well, how many breweries is too much? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, at, a- at some point, you know, you look at it and go, well, how do I gauge this? How do I, how do I try to figure out where I am in the, in the big concert of life? You know, yeah. like where, how does this fit in? And so you look at these sort of analogous areas and go, well, how many, how many breweries could be here without, from a market standpoint? Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and, and so, um, 
when you look at those other areas that are similar in a lot of ways, um, and you look at how many breweries that that area can support, we're, I mean, we're not even, I don't dare guess on how many we could have, mm-hmm. but it could be way, way more. I mean, more oh, yeah. than double, more than triple what we currently have. Well, because of population size and yeah, just yeah. like land area wise. Oh, like yeah. Phoenix it's so is so spread like, out. The metro area is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like well, and people are supporting it, yeah. you know, because they're getting on board with the idea that it's not just. It's not just the beer, though. That's what our, where our passions lie. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity to get together. Yeah. You know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different Friday afternoon. It's right. a whole different Saturday. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, when we can sort of unplug from our devices a little bit mm-hmm. and we can connect with each other, we realize that that's way more fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's what we try to spend a whole lot of time doing. And, mm-hmm. and then it's fun when you can get together with your buddies and, and like reduce that barrier to entry mm-hmm. <laughs> for having a connection, you know? And, yeah. and um, so it's simple. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the industry's kind of become symbolic of that. <clears throat> um, whether or not it deserves it is to be determined. But right. I just saw something, <laughs> I just saw something the other day, I don't know if you saw, but Tucson is getting ready to, was it five or seven new breweries this year that are supposed to be open now? In the Phoenix New Times. Yeah, yeah like in Tucson. Yeah. So Tucson's blown up. That's where I'm from. Yeah. I grew up down there. But okay. I was reading that and I was like, wow, that blows my mind because I grew up in Tucson my whole life. I've only been up here maybe six years. but yeah. And I go down to visit my, my parents, but I'm like, there's still breweries down there that obviously I haven't been down as much, cause, but there's still breweries I haven't even been to down right. there. Just And there's seven more getting ready to open this year. It's like, wow. Yep. I, yeah, I see. I always see a lot opening up. Great. Like on Instagram, yeah. you'll see Dillinger's open. Yeah, uh, that was that Pueblo Vito or something. Yeah, Pueblo Vito. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's and, and Flagstaff too. I mean, I think Flagstaff has kind of leveled off. I mean, I think it was Dark Sky opened yeah. most recently. That was mm-hmm. like two years ago. Um, but yeah, man, it's I, I love it though. Yeah, like, I, I love it's really it's, great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and the Tucson scene is really vibrant and and yeah, um, there's just a really committed group of folks that are doing really cool things <clears> and. Uh, but Phoenix is the same way. I mean, yeah. and, um, you know, and it's really cool to get to know these folks because in some industries you might look at that and think, oh, I don't want a competitor like on my street. Right. Man, we cheer it on. We're like, let's do this because yeah. the whole, there's that whole thing of um, that when the tide rises, you know, all the buoys go up together. Yeah. And, nice. you know, our, the truth of it is, is like even us on our best day, our volumes are still so micro brew that we're all cheering on the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all cheering for craft brew, which is, mm-hmm. and there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's the fun part about <clears> it is instead of competing with other people, you collaborate and you mm-hmm. say, Hey, instead of us arguing over a territory, let's do a beer together. Right. And that's totally unique. Yeah. So well, that's I, the beautiful thing about craft in general, no matter what industry you're in is if somebody's on the same street as you or not, it pushes you to be better in your craft, not in like a competitive way, but in that uh, passion way, you know, like, mm-hmm. man, those guys are great, but we got to do something new and different. And that's the whole thing about craft is reinventing, redoing and creating something that's maybe never been done before, like as far as ingredients or flavors, but also getting better and whether it's making coffee or making beer uh, on that craft level is it's always pushing you to, to do the best you can. and hang out with your buddies and do these collaborations and brew a beer that neither of you have ever done before and then throw a big party and release it. And you know, that's the fun part, all of it, you know, of the, of the craft scene in general. Yeah. Well, and that part too, isn't just Phoenix though. Um, we do our lot, 
we do as much as we can to help foster and support, you know, that. Um, but it's emulated to the highest levels. I mean, mm -hmm. last year to commemorate the beer bill we were talking about, um, we got invited out to go brew a stone out mm. in, in, in uh, you know, nice. the primary hub in Escondido. And yeah. they had just opened their new location at uh, Liberty Station. And so um, uh, to commemorate Liberty Station, but also to do something for Arizona, um, we got invited to go out there and brew a beer with them. So being stone, you know, arrogant bastard kind of being their like front running right. like label, they wanted to do the biggest bad boy on the block, you know. Yeah. So we did a Belgian quad with pomegranates and coffee. Wow. The, 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 the philosophy behind the recipe was a big, bold beer that was totally drinkable. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it was it was just a, a ton of fun. Those guys are just just the best. And um, so we called that one the Will of the People. Okay. And so we did that as a special release for this last year. Um, and uh, so when we released it here at um, was it Strong Beer? Strong Beer yeah. last year. Steve Wagner came out. You know, is the CEO. <clears throat> Only no, technically this. Yeah. So I think so. Yeah. Okay. One of the owners. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know his title. <laughs> yeah. Owner, um, resident. Anyway, Bass. hell of a guy <laughs> came out and you know and cheers to Son on the thing and just such a testament to, um, you know, they're a huge they're a huge company right and yeah. they've been at the game for a very long time and. Um, you know, people that you just revere as experts. And so for them to uh, acknowledge that the beer scene's happening one one pint at a time, not right. one semi-truck at a time, yeah. is I think a, just a really cool picture of the mm -hmm. industry yeah. where you look at guys sort of at the, that that have made it, you know, you, again, using the quote fingers right, on the yeah. radio. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just so cool that, you know, sometimes you think of big businesses as people that have made it where they're sort of up on their... Um, uh, they look down on the rest of us from their uh, penthouse suite, so to speak. Right, right. But that's really not the case yeah. in um, in our experience in this thing. It's like the people that are the best at what they do are the ones that most intimately get that it's one at a time, yeah. and that connection is what's valuable, mm -hmm. and and it's to be respected and to be like um, fostered in mm -hmm. a group of other people. Yeah. It's totally badass. That's pretty awesome. That, that's what I've I've noticed from the the craft beer industry. I haven't I haven't had much experience in like in the wine industry out here or coffee, but with with beer, it's just I was amazed at how like how close everybody is. You know, it's not a matter of like oh yeah I support you and then behind your back like oh, I hope these guys crash and burn. No, people <laughs> genuinely like want yeah. you to be successful. You know, because you're helping the industry. You're yeah. Helping that that Arizona craft beer scene and craft beer like in general. You well, know. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's fun, and, it, and it's for I think for a lot of us the reason we got into it. Um, we've said it many times that uh, you wouldn't be in craft beer if you didn't daydream more mm -hmm. than the average person. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just too many hours. It's it's mm -hmm. a lot of hard work, but it, we're kind of gluttons for that type of punishment. So yeah, well, I'm glad you guys are because your beer is awesome. I love yeah, it. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think Arizona does like unique? Like, what, what do you think um, we do different than? guess kind of apart from other people is there anything you think mm. definitely uh it's a really good question on the spot i know Whoa. <laughs> um is there a timeout button no i'm just kidding yeah there's an easy button <laughs> pause um well well speaking of your favorite beer the desert pale ale yeah we um use a organic agave syrup and that's you know 
the the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've I've only had one cup of coffee. <laughs> you need um, to fuck him in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I need a lot to get me going in the morning. I mean, physically. Um, rest quickly. <laughs> what kind of show is this? Um, Things got no. Quick, so you know, we use that. the the organic agave syrup that you know, obviously is from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, the like Southwest. Plant. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. The Southwest. <laughs> and I think that's what's cool about a lot of breweries around the country is using, I mean, obviously a lot of ingredients that you can't get locally, but a lot of them using ingredients that you can get locally, like whether, you know, you're going to a local farm to pit, pick oranges or whatever you want to put in your beer, plums, and right. using them from not just going to the supermarket or, you know, Costco or something to get bulk, but like actually going to, the farms here locally and using the agave syrup uh, in this beer that's, you know, from the Southwest and other, other things like that, uh, I think is unique and it makes everybody unique. Like we can get, you know, produce or, or fruits and vegetables that maybe we can't get out here from somewhere, but why not use what your resources you have here and then give back to that local farmer or community. Yeah reason why we picked a neighborhood the community aspect and giving back whether it's buying you know a truckload of oranges for a beer or when we did uh we did a, a beet beer um was it year last year mm-hmm. something like that and we got all of our beets from a local farmer the same guy that picks up our spent grain okay and so <clears throat> it's that you know that circle of life thing um where we get the beets from him put it in a beer he gets a couple growlers of it and he loves it and then he picks up our grain and feeds it to his, you know, his chickens and uses it for compost. And it's like, then he grows the beets again this year for us to do that beer again. And it's like, yeah. it's that cool community thing and right. uh, continually to do projects with local people like that. I think is what makes this industry also unique and what sets different breweries as- apart from each other, but also the same mission. Um, is and I'm probably just now it's caffeine's kicking. I'm just rambling, but <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. But uh, <laughs> it says the guy that's had four or five items. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. He just hasn't. I swear they're all, they're just taster glasses. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what makes um, different breweries unique and and seeing what different stuff and ingredients they can get locally and use and create these unique recipes. Yeah, nice. And I like I like the um, I, I think. A, People are kind of, I feel like there's kind of a revolution going on right now where people are wanting more handcrafted things, whether it's beer, coffee, yeah. um, whatever it is, clothing. I mean, like yep. State 48 with the, with the local uh-huh. you know, apparel. Um, I think people are kind of understanding like technology is great, but like this is the fight I'm talking but yeah. artificial intelligence right yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. great yeah. name for a beer actually I, I, yeah that's a good one yeah <laughs> just put me on a footnote in the yeah. descriptor yeah <laughs> but but i think i think it's great and i th- i think that's one of the reasons like people are really getting into craft beer is because there's that that passion and mm-hmm. you guys are obviously putting passion into it you know yeah. so um yeah i think it's i think it's great you know yeah there's that uh, pursuit of authenticity um that i think is is a very real thing. I mean, I think most of us, um, we're, we're, let's see, I'm 34 now. And so <clears throat> there's this time period of change where it's like, I didn't even have a typewriter in my, like a, a, a typing class in school until yeah. I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. And now it's like my, I, I got my son that's six years old can use an iPhone oh, 
and like I mean, it's just unbelievable the technology difference. And so there's that you're just inundated with images, and 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 it's quick and it's fast, and you've just got these wonders of the universe that are at your fingertips all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but there's sort of while that exists, there's also I think this dichotomy of you've got the world at your fingertips, but it's just through a screen, mm-hmm. right. and then you've got to go looking for authentic, authentic, like. Um, human interaction mm-hmm. you know you've got to seek it out yeah it's not it's not um implicit anymore as part of your just like you're just day to day right and so i think that there's a, a recalibration there socially where <clears throat> you just you value it more mm-hmm. you're like man i value sitting down i enjoy sitting down and getting to know another human mm-hmm. like face to face not like through a screen right. and um and so i think that's a really good thing yeah, you know, is to try to strive for that balance. Uh, so if you can do it over a pint or a good cup of coffee or whatever it is, I mean, that's just lubricant for the social experience. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that's a lot. Of, that's that's a really cool thing. I love that that's happening. Yeah, you guys are fostering that too. Like you said, you don't have, you know, the fights on. You don't have the football games on. And I don't even see. Do you guys have any games? Like any board games or anything like that? Oh yeah. To, I yeah. mean, it, it's but those thing are is, good. Things. We're not necessarily like to the exclusion. I mean, we've got a screen. We throw on a game when we want to put on a game. Yeah, yeah. But so you know, it's not to the it's not to the exclusion of certain things that are fun socially, um, but it's the kind of thing where. Um, we're not intentionally creating distraction. <clears throat> you know, yeah. You're intentionally trying to create something fun to do. Right. And if sometimes yeah. something fun to do is you get 100 people in a room and yell at the TV. Right. There's <laughs> a game on, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's super fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just as a general, just as a general, like, atmospheric thing, you know, we're trying to create an environment where people can enjoy each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you guys have some events, right? You got music, you got, I'm really interested to learn about the Randalls. Yeah, the Randall yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. Is it, is yeah, it for is? sure. Yeah, what is that? So, standing on the shoulders of giants, um, that's c- credited to Dogfish Head. Okay. Um, that device, um, but really, it's just an ingredient filter. So, <clears throat> when we hook up a keg, we we can do anything on demand. So, we hook up a keg to our tap system as you would traditionally in any bar, but what we do is we hook up, we sort of splice the line and put in what looks like a pool pump filter. But it's all sanitary and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Glad and you there's a, there's a series that. of um, fil- there's a series of uh, sized filters inside of this tube. Okay. And so we can jam this thing full of fresh fruits, uh, herbs, spices, uh, candy, um, whatever. I mean, it, it's a constant experiment, a chronic experiment, is right. what it is. Mm-hmm. But we can jam all kinds of different ingredients that are in there that wouldn't survive the packaging process. Like okay. the flavors okay. are sometimes really delicate. So we, one of our most noteworthy ones is uh, it's a take on a Manhattan. So we put all the herbs that go into Angostura bitters. We put whiskey-soaked oak chips uh, in there to get that wood smoke flavor. Uh, our original recipes, did we used a rye uh, amber uh, beer. Okay. So all the ingredient components sort of broken down into their most basic form are in this filter. And then we garnish it with an orange. You know, and so you get a pint of beer that has, it's still beer, but it has this presentation that's totally craft cocktail. Wow, interesting. And so, but the thing of it is, is you couldn't brew that beer and put it in a keg or put it in cans or bottles or anything because the flavors would just dissipate too quickly. Okay. And so sometimes people say, drink your beer fresh, like anything with hops in it, right. where hops are part of the f- flavor profile. You want to drink it as fresh as possible because the, the what that brewer spent a lot of time and money to source ingredients that have an extra little unique character. If you wait six months or 12 months, that character starts to just 
just mellow out and oh, lose gotcha. it. So uh, some beers are meant to be kept and some are meant to be consumed fresh. And so this Randall thing, the flavors don't even last one day. Okay. And so in the very street art sense of it, it's kind of like you got to be here to, to check it out. Yeah. Like it's not something that can be uh, saved and put on the shelf mm -hmm. and shared, you know, in that kind of way. It's, it's like you got to show up to participate like right now because yeah. tomorrow it's not going to be here. Yeah. And so it's a lot of work on our part because we're constantly um, using that as a, an environment to try out new experimental flavor combinations. I mean, this is really the proving ground for a lot of things we're trying to do. Okay. Is we just sit at the bar and drink this stuff one pint at a time and get feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And sometimes the recipes are a total disaster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they are just absolutely, I can't believe how good this is. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I think most of the folks that, that come in and check it out quickly learn that it's the experiment is part of the fun. Okay. Um, and the, because they get to be a part of something that's happening right now. Yeah. And that's ground zero yeah. for flavor, you know, testing. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. And you guys do those uh, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. So every okay. Wednesday night. We tap at five o'clock. Yeah. Every week. And it's funny, like all the regulars show up at like four forty five and they're they like, Is it ready? Is it ready? Yeah. Like, you know it's five, you know it's five. <laughs> and it's like they may not even be their style of what they're yeah. like normally would drink, but they come just to get at least one thirteen ounce glass of it, just yeah. so they could say they've had it and whether they tweet about it or put that on the interwebs yeah. <laughs> you know but they just want to be here to experience it even if like we're using a beer that's not their favorite style yeah they just want to say that they had it and experience it because every week's different and it's you can go to a lot of breweries and get like their core lineup and maybe once in a while a, a one-off beer that doesn't last very long but like every week you're getting a one-off beer yeah at the same brewery like i mean we hang out here all the time not just because we work here but right. it's that community we like meeting new people but it's the same with those guys. They come every Wednesday. Yeah. To check it out. Is it grown too? I mean, you oh, see yeah. new people every single week. I can imagine. We oh, started it's, it. At, it's a lot of fun. At our old facility, it only had eight seats. Oh yeah. And so this little tiny room with eight seats would have forty people in it, just yeah. like shoulder to shoulder. So you did it back then too. We started it there, oh, just okay. trying to see what happened, and it took yeah. off. So we said, well, let's not stop it. Let's keep it going. Yeah. And uh, Wednesday nights have become like one of our busier nights because of that. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody else is doing it. I've never heard of it until I came here. Like, that's that's something completely unique to me. You, you said Dogfish Head does it, right? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've never heard of anybody out here doing it. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, it's around, um, but to do it in a consistent way, it, it, like I said, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a yeah. lot of work to go shopping every Tuesday to buy, not only write a recipe, um, but then go shopping for it, source the materials, pre-soak all the things. I mean, it's it's like... It's a lot process. of work. And so to make it, we wouldn't do it um, if we didn't think it was super fun. Yeah. Because it, it's like most things around here, kind of a labor, a labor of love. So um, the, uh, yeah, to do it consistently requires a bit of purpose. Yeah. I, I got to get down here for one of those. I live like, it's kind of funny where when you can live in the same metro area as somebody, but like, I feel like I would. I feel like I have to get a flight from where I live to here. You know, it's so yeah. pun intended, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I'm just finishing up my flight. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think it's great. I, I got to get down here for one of those. So what else? Um, you guys have music too, right? Is there, isn't there a guy who's here con pretty consistently? Uh, yeah, we've been doing, um, shows like garden shows. Cause, okay. um, so to give a description of the patio, we've got this whole house and then we've got about a 80 foot gap. 
uh, to our back brewery building, and the back brewery building is like twice the height of the other thing. So in between is this garden space, canopy trees, uh, kind of decorative beecher lights over the whole thing. And so we created this the back porch of the house um, kind of as a natural stage. So we take down the handrails and whatever else and can put bands oh, up nice. on the thing. And uh, so far it's just been a totally one-of-a-kind experience because you've got this like backyard garden atmosphere uh, that you can have a full band playing yeah. you know, into this kind of garden show. So it's kind of the fact that it's outside is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we've been having a lot of fun with that. But you know, I think true to the spirit of being in the neighborhood is we don't necessarily have an agenda for how that's going to be used. I mean, our purpose was to create an atmosphere to enjoy the thing. So if, if friends and, and musicians and performers of all, of all kinds come here and they want to use this, at, this as a venue, we try to make that available. Yeah. And so, so far, we've had a really cool response with people wanting to play uh, music. So um, uh, Walt Richardson and his band uh, are just unbelievable musicians. I okay. mean, just some of the best I've ever seen live. Um, they play here the first Thursday of every okay. month. Okay. So they bring the full band. It's kind of a reggae rock nice. um, uh, thing, but it's it's a ton of fun. Yeah. I mean, they know how to put on a show for sure. Nice. And I think the way that it's set up, too, I, you would, I would think you would get pretty good sound. I'm not like a sound expert at all, but oh, yeah. with the three walls, like you've got, mm-hmm. I mean, you got one open side, but three-quarter walled. Yeah. 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 So the, the sound coming out of there is, is accidentally one of those happy accidents right (laughs) it's just it's just kind of perfect we got those like canopy trees and everything that kind of help soak up sound and and these the split place uh block yeah you know in this back it's just it just sounds incredible yeah so uh we've really been enjoying that it's like the greatest kager house party you could ever have (laughs) right parents backyard right Right. pretty much when they're out of town that's what we like yeah yeah, yeah. And the cops aren't going to break it up. Right. Yeah, nice. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. If it gets really big, right? Yeah. And you can just pour <laughs> into here. But uh, guys, thanks for thanks for joining me, man. This is this was yeah, pretty well, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So if you guys are ever in Tempe, what how do they how do people find you like on Earth and online? <laughs> um, so on Planet Earth, we're located uh, Tempe, Arizona. Um, most of our stuff is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. So it's just the Shop Beer Co. Okay. Uh, is our handle. And, um, yeah, get Google. Yeah, yeah. The nice. Google's corner first and hardy. All right, thanks for listening to another episode. Just announced that the shop signed a distribution deal with Hensley Beverage Company, so you're going to start to see their beers on tap at bars and restaurants. So look out for those. Go to the brewery, though. Nothing better than getting it straight from the tap. If you guys are liking these episodes so far, do me a big favor. I'm trying to spread the word and would love your guys' help. Leave me a rating and review on iTunes and uh, tell a friend, tell a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Next episode, pretty stoked about this local coffee company that three times in a row named the best coffee roaster in Phoenix by Phoenix New Times and was also named the best coffee in Arizona by the Food Network. So stay tuned. Two weeks down the road, another episode coming out. Until then, always remember, stay awesome.